So I will try to be brief, so we have time to come up and uh, state our commitments for this ango. Spring ango, <coughs> 2016. You know, we do ango twice a year. And uh, like anything we do, like anything in the practice, anything in life, there is a tendency, tendency to stack it up and to see it as another ango, another training period, another sitting period, another time to chant the Hot Sutra. And all becomes, at some point, repetitive. And it loses its power, not because it has no power, because we have tendencies. Which is good, because it allows us to see the tendencies. Ango itself, as I mentioned last Sunday, and for those who forgot, and for those who are new here, is an integrated part of an ongoing practice and it dates back to the time of Shakyamuni Buddha, where during the monsoon periods, the monks actually were nomads. They were practicing and going from one place to another, so they did not have a specific training location. So during the monsoon period, uh, he wanted them to be safe, so he advised them to stay in one place for three months and deepen their practice. So, and the historical aspect of the reference for, of it is not that relevant for us. What's more important is its upaya, or skillfulness. What does it mean for us and how do we use it correctly? So when we engage in any activity, any endeavor, when we first step into it, there is excitement, there is newness, there is some kind of momentum that we experience at the beginning. And it carries us with energy for quite a while. But then it starts to slow down. Right? And then at that point, it creates an opening or an opportunity for the habitual way of being to return. And before long, we find ourselves thinking the same thoughts, acting in the same ways, and then starting to lose trust in the practice. Maybe asking, is it the right path for me? Maybe I should look for a different path. Right? And well, we need to see and, and understand that those thoughts and emotions are in us, not in the path. They do not arise out of the path. It really doesn't matter which path we take as long as we stick with it, as long as we stay on the path. Because essentially we're all climbing the same mountain. Right? It doesn't matter which path we take. And, and I think in our society we tend to get on a path, walk on it for a little while, get bored with it, go back down and then take on a different path. 
and on and on. And, and in many cases, we end up never getting anywhere. Because all paths at some point become repetitive. Our lives can become very repetitive and boring and uninteresting. And that's where Ango comes in. If we don't go forward, we go backwards. If we don't push ourselves, we fall back on old habits. What we call stagnation is actually not stagnation. It's just going back to the same old way of being. Which means we have to intercept the habit. We have to do something that will introduce deepening that will ask us, that will require us to do more so we don't do less. O Sensei, the founder of Aikido, said that the purpose of practice is to toughen the body, polish the spirit, and tighten up the slack. This is a very fitting statement for Zen practice too. To tighten up the slack. The slack is the habitual. And we want to recognize that. Right? So when we, when we allow space for slack, we allow space for habits to control us again. So in an ango, three months period, we are asking ourselves, and we are asking ourselves because it's not that somebody or some kind of uh, an authority is requiring you to act in certain ways. It never is that way. We are here because we choose to be here. So we ask ourselves to go deeper, to be more disciplined, to do what we don't want to do, to go against the inclinations, the natural, what seems to be natural, to practice correctly, to practice in the right way. And, and it's not easy because often what's right seems very wrong and what's wrong feels very right. Awakening is not as distant as it seems. It's just that there's a lot of dust that gets in the way. In the Fukanza Zegi, Dogen says, the way is basically perfect and all-pervading. How could it be contingent upon practicing realization? The Dharma vehicle is free and untrammeled. What need there is there for concentrated effort? Like, what should we bother with? More focus, more practice. The Dharma vehicle is free, right? There is nothing that is in the way. The whole body is far beyond the world's dust. Who could believe in means to brush it clean? It is never apart from one. 
right where one is. So what is the use of going here and there to practice? And yet, and yet, he says, if there is the slightest discrepancy, the way is as distant as heaven from earth. If the least like or dislike arises, the mind is lost in confusion. It is very subtle. We don't even know how we trap ourselves. And then he says, Need I mention the Buddha who was possessed of inborn knowledge? The influence of his six years of upright sitting is noticeable still. Or Bodhidharma, the fame of his nine years of wall sitting is celebrated to this day. Since this was the case with the saints of the old, how could we today dispense with negotiating the way? These are examples of people who practice diligently even after realization. Deep realizations, still practiced, deepened, polished, sharpened the soul. The soul that cuts the bullshit. The soul that if we don't polish on a daily basis will become dull, does become dull by daily affairs. And it doesn't cut. So we end up getting stuck. One blow should cut. If, only if we take care of it on a daily basis. And an ango is a 90-day period, right? So if we want to change habits, if we want to intercept the habits, we have to do something diligently, wholeheartedly. And when you commit to do something for 90 days, chances are that you will be able to change the course. It's not a week or two, or even a month. 90 days. In the Buddha's last teachings, the Eighth Awarenesses, the fourth one says, if you exert meticulous effort, nothing will be difficult to accomplish. Therefore, you should make an effort to practice carefully, for when water flows constantly against a big rock, even a small amount of water will eventually bore a large hole. But if one who practices becomes lax, it will be impossible to accomplish anything. It is like trying to start a fire by rubbing two sticks together. If you stop rubbing before the wood gets hot enough, you will not start a fire. That is what is meant by meticulous effort. It means constant. It means constantly snapping out. Not dozing off, not napping, staying on top of it, day in, day out. Wake up in the morning, energized, even when you're tired. If 
you need to pull yourself by the bootstraps, you do that. You do what you have to do to keep the practice alive because the tendency is to fall asleep. We're actually encouraged by society to fall asleep. I think we are much better consumers when we are asleep. So we have to intercept that. But we have to want to do that. If we don't want to do that, it's not going to happen. There's a story that I mentioned before about this guy who wants to study Zen and he goes to, to the Zen master in the mountains and he says, I want to study with you. And the teacher says, okay, come with me. They go down to the river he says, let's enter the river. They enter the river. The teacher takes his head, dunks it in the water for a while. Then he lets the guy out. Guy gasping for air. Then when he gets his bearings back, the teacher asks him, when you were down there, what did you want more than anything? He said, air, of course. And then the teacher said, when you want to study as much as you wanted air, come back. And I think this story is very telling of how we need to practice, of what we need to do in order to intercept the habits. They're very strong, they're very powerful. As Pema Chodron said, we are wired to be stupid. It's very true. And it takes meticulous effort to intercept the wires, the messages, to not go automatically with what arises, to not take, to not let our thoughts and emotions destabilize us take us away from the cushion, take us away from what we are about to commit to. So, what I would ask us all, each of you, is to take it really seriously, but not in a rigid way. Seriously and at the same time light-heartedly. At the same time, practice consistently, continually, and leisurely. Is that possible? Is it possible to practice leisurely and at the same time, continuously? Or is that a negation for you? I don't know if it is. I think you do. And what I want us all to do in this, during these three months is to also strengthen the Sangha connections, to help ourselves, to help each other, to encourage each other, to stay in touch. We have a very eclectic, odd kind of Sangha it's not just us here, 
we have people in Europe, we have people scattered in different parts of the country that I keep in touch with on a regular basis. I see everybody, I talk to everybody, but then you don't get to see them, you don't get to communicate with them on a regular basis and we can change that. Email your experiences to the group, share. If it's difficulties, share the difficulties. If you experience openings, share that too. We are different, but we're also very much alike. And I think it's very helpful to, to see that, to know that. Sometimes we sit here and we look around, we see everybody stoically not moving. We think, wow, they all got it except for me. I'm the only one who's struggling. I'm the only one who is facing a crazy mind. Everybody is deeply steeped in enlightenment. Not so. We all experience our own version of chaos. Our own version of the weeds. So let's do that together. Let's encourage each other for the next 90 days to stick with what we are about to commit to. To go deep. And to go even further than what we imagine we can do. So what we're going to do is come up here one at a time in front of the Aishiki, stand tall, feet firmly on the ground, read the commitments, make a full bow, and put the commitment form in that tray over there. And at the end, when we're done, we will seal this with two paragraphs from one of my favorite texts, Saint Tzan, the third patriarch. We chose two paragraphs which we're going to chant together to encourage us to not go with our thoughts, do not go with our emotions, to stay rooted in the practice. Okay, so let's do that together. <laughs> 